When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buongiorno, this is Marcy Darling, and you're listening to the Pantheon Podcast Network. History in Five Songs with host Martin Popoff, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon podcast network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Simplecast, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. As I do this, just last night, I saw Nick Mason's Saucerful of Secrets. Uh, we are a sponsor of that. We've had all sorts of contest things going on and uh, and various podcasters uh, showing up at the gigs. I was there taking some testimonials uh, from some of the VIP people before the show. Uh, but yeah, I got to say, just a, as a quick review, it was an amazing show obviously as you know the whole idea here is this band plays uh, the Pink Floyd material pre-Dark Side of the Moon. So that's uh, seven albums and change, I suppose. Uh, you know, Relics was mentioned a few times and there's some some non-LP singles and stuff. But uh, yeah, what an amazing show. Uh, get out to see the show if you can there. As I'm doing this, uh, it is, what is it, October 9th. They're in the middle of the, um, of the North American tour. They're going through right to, I think it's November 1st. Uh, but yes, catch them if you can. I'll tell you another good thing about this show. First of all, it was in Massey Hall, which is uh, our beautiful beautiful you know renovated awesome uh story theater here in toronto uh great venue but um great venue for sound but i uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't give all the credit to the venue this was probably you know one of the very very greatest sounding concerts um I've ever been to Nick's drums were mic'd and mixed exquisitely. Um, it's pretty cool though. So he he talks a fair bit during the show, you know, very soft spoken. Um, but he stands up there with a the mic and uh, and you know cracks a few jokes and and uh, and tells a few stories. Uh, but the other guys were amazing as well. You've got Gary Kemp there. He's the he's the Spandau Ballet guy, right? Uh, on guitar and vocals. Uh, you've got Lee Harris. Um, uh, guitar guy pratt of course uh, with the long storied history with pink floyd on bass and vocals uh you know he's got a little bit of the roger waters to him gary maybe has a little bit of the of the sid barrett to him and don beckon uh, over on keyboards um and yeah nick on drums so it's a great great show get out to see this uh if you can um yeah I, some some of the clips i recorded hopefully they'll show up uh you know he, here and there spiced around other shows as as some great testimony there were some neat things said by uh, some of these vi VIPs. All right. Um, 
So this episode is going to be uh, sort of in in tribute as well to uh, to Nick Mason, uh, Nick Mason's saucer full of secrets. Um, I'm calling this so this is episode 172. We're calling it started as psych. So I just want to look at a few different bands that started as psychedelic rock. Uh, why perhaps what they turned into and just a little sort of description of what they were doing back in their psychedelic era. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not going. This isn't one of my examples. But, you know, one that definitely comes to mind all the time when I think of this is the hilarious, you know, retro little thing in the Spinal Tap documentary of those guys starting as a psych band. That was pretty cool. Um, But, you know, very, very close to that actually is uh, my first example here. So take a listen to this. This is Status Quo with Mr. Mind Detector. Okay, so this is from Spare Parts, September 1969. So when we think of the psych era, we think probably more or less less 67. 68 has a really good ring to it as as the quintessential year for psych. There was a big psych scene in in London, um, and then there was a big psych scene in in San Francisco, and you don't really think of too uh, too many other places as being sort of psych capitals. And there's a difference between the two, two that we'll maybe get into a little bit as we go on here, but... So Status Quo is an interesting one. Their debut album was called Picturesque Match Stickable Messages from the Status Quo. It was very, very psych. Get a, get a, get a listen to these song titles. So on that album, looks like uh, yeah, total of 12 songs, probably depending on how you, how you slice it. But When My Mind Is Not Live, Ice in the Sun, Gentleman Joe's Sidewalk Cafe, Technicolor Dreams, Spicks and Specks, Sunny Cellophane Skies, Green Tambourine, and Pictures of Matchstick Men, which was their big hit. Uh, but I wanted to play something from uh, the second album, Spare Parts, because it also was quite, quite psyche. Um, so Spare Parts came out September 69. Like I say, that's kind of late for psych. Um, we're getting into the idea of progressive rock being born at this point. And I've often said, and other people have said this, before that psychedelic rock when it went extinct it turned into exactly two things progressive rock and heavy metal um and we'll we'll sort of you know look at that dimension a little bit as as we move on here but so so yeah i wanted to play something from the second album which is actually still quite psyche um you know status quo had a little bit of uh, of the pop to their psych i mean pop of course is part of psych but they had some things that were pretty straight pop as well they had mellow stuff on these albums that sounds like the mellow stuff from later status quo albums but um the big change for them uh, came August 1970 with the third album, Ma Kelly's Greasy Spoon, and they never looked back. That's when they became more of a British blues boom band, which is interesting. So this, uh, so it's kind of rare that you get a psych band that turns into a British blues boom band because British blues boom was happening at the same time as psych. So it's kind of kind of weird that way. Um, but you know, you had Free in there as well. Uh, you know, to 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 show something that is concurrent with what Status Quo is turning into at this point. So. So, you know, doing this blues thing, it's kind of a little late for dinner, but then Status Quo really found their trademark sound, which was more of the amped up, you know, 
quasi heavy metal boogie uh, rock. You know that the big albums being Pile Driver and On the Level and uh, Hello and my favorite Quo. Um, so that whole '72 to about '77 period is is sort of classic status quo, and that's that's the stuff I like a lot. But uh, but yeah, the debut was um, September 27th, '68. So it's housed right in there in that exact psych year. Um, all right, let's move on to our next selection. Taking a listen to this. This is Golden Earring with "I've Just Lost Somebody." Okay, so Golden Earring is a, is an interesting case uh, for this reason. So they start so early that uh, essentially um, they are more like um, they're more like a pop psych band or more like a standard pop band. And why are they a little behind the times? Very very easy reason or very easy answer to that one. They're Dutch, so they're not coming from one of the main, you know, rock centers. So so usually when that happens, like these bands are usually a, a scene or two behind the times. But um, they are early, and that's the other reason they are like this. So this song that I picked is actually from their uh, third album, uh, Miracle Mirror. You know, the first one's called Just Earrings. Se- uh, 65, Winter Harvest is 67. Uh, On the Double is 69 they're still pretty pop psyche at this point eight miles high i think is when they really make the change so it's got the big cover of eight miles high on it um hence the title of the album but the but there's other long songs too and they're getting a little kind of proggier and heavier then it's golden earring 1977 tears is a great album 1971 you know these are the ones nobody knows about because they're because they're really kind of rare and you know they weren't they weren't particularly released all over the place but they become kind of like a like a hard rocking blues band a little little about little like a uh, mountain and cactus but actually a little more riffy than that maybe even a little bit like budgie or uh, or judas priest circa rockarola that kind of thing together comes out in 72 moon tan in 73 so that's when kind of like western people started really knowing who golden earring was but man that is one two three four five six seven eight nine nine albums into their career uh you know and and essentially 73 they're just starting to be known and they and they get they get a uh, sort of a hit there's a corollary to this 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 is uh did i say that right this is almost exactly like pink floyd um you know we're just talking about nick mason saucer full of secrets and you know the fact of the matter is dark side of the moon is that band's eighth album and that's and that's the coming out party for them and obviously it became a massive massive album but here's golden earring um you know similar amount of albums in uh with moon tan uh being sort of their first hit so yeah uh this i've just lost somebody's song is a good example of them being you know uh, poppy psyche there's quite a bit of psych uh, uh, across this sort of uh, this sort of material but it's I, I find it kind of interesting that that they become what they become uh, in terms of this proggy heavy almost like a 
like a Vertigo Records band for a little while, and then uh, and then my favorite period of Golden Earring is the uh, is is sort of that seventy six to eighty four period, um, where they where they just become a more modern hard rock band, writing some really really great songs. Super underrated band. Um, all right, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work not dealing well with stress whatever you need it's time to stop being ashamed of normal normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy and now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help better help is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's much more affordable then in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's move on to our third selection here. In an episode we are calling Start It As Psych. Uh, this is Deep Purple with Love Help Me. Okay, so this is from the debut album, Shades of Deep Purple, July 17th, 1968. So again, we're right in that we're we're right in that psych era perfectly. And you know, as as Ian Gillen and Roger Glover come into the band, they're coming from sort of psych bands as well. Um but no, this is this is before them, so this is your Nick Simper, Rod Evans era. And I might add, something that makes this band really psych for these first three albums uh is Rod Evans' voice. Um psych often has that sort of high Faye, you know, um, uh, uh, pixie dust sort of vocal, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit of a Sid Barrett, I suppose, but then it also has this kind of low thing and, and Rod Evans is perfect for that. Um, so Shades of Deep Purple, July 1768, Book of Taliesin, October 68. So they get two records out in 68, the, the prime psych year. And Deep Purple, Deep Purple, confusingly a self-titled, June 21st, 69. Um, so yeah, and you know, they're all very psychedelic covers. They've even got the psychedelic haircuts where it's kind of in between super long and not too long. Uh, you know, a little more than the Beatles uh, haircuts when they got in trouble for having ooh, all this long hair, right? They've got, you know, the Carnaby Street sort of a, a renaissance uh, fancy jackets on you know very very purple and colorful um, very aristocratic looking uh, Deep Purple Deep Purple uses that Hieronymus Bosch album uh, that, that painting the garden of earthly delights um, which is obviously very very uh, psychedelic Bosch is, is like one of the first psychedelic painters I imagine um, but yeah um, very very psych band and of course what happens after this is very bizarre they the deep purple actually so so Evans and Simper are gone you've still got Ian Pace 
uh, Richie Blackmore and uh, what's his name? Who am I missing here? Uh, John Lord. Um, well, John Lord's another reason this is a pretty slick band um, with with the Hammond organ stuff. Um, so yeah, you still got those three guys. Um, and then uh, Ian Gillen and Roger Glover come in but they actually make a classical album. Very weird. And then and then they're on their way within rock. So here's a psych band that becomes a very resounding, uh, carousing, heavy metal, you know, karanging heavy band in rock is, is probably even heavier than Black Sabbath, Paranoid in 1970, and certainly heavier than Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. But, you know, I, I find this, this music very, very psychedelic. Um, you know, obviously... They're sort of known to be uh, similar to Vanilla Fudge in that they're heavying up covers a lot as well. They're playing a lot of covers, uh, but but all told, it's it's uh, it's a, an extremely psychedelic sound and very psychedelic pa- uh, packaging as well. Um, so there's a band that started Psych and went heavy metal. Uh, who else have we had? We've had Status Quo, who went British Blues Boom, and we've had Golden Earring that went hard rock, essentially, right? Um, Okay, take a listen to our fourth selection here. This is Genesis with In the Beginning. All right, so Genesis. This is from the debut album, uh, from Genesis to Revelation, March 7th, 1969. So we're pretty late for Psych at this point. Um, This is Peter Gabriel, Tony Banks, Anthony Phillips, Mike Rutherford, and John Silver on drums on every every song except one. Um, And this is the album that Genesis fans uh, just kind of snicker at. Um, It's... Okay, so is it psych? Uh, I would say it's definitely psych, but in it's in that sort of um, softer, folkier Canterbury prog realm as well. So it's uh, it's psych, and it's the only time they do this, by the way. So essentially, what happens is by the time you get to the second album, which is about a year and two thirds, a year and three quarters later, Trespass, October twenty third. Uh, 1970 they've gone from 13 songs on an album down to uh to uh, six songs on an album um and and they become essentially a prog band you know it's still pretty light um they're they're definitely at the light end of prog there's a lot of acoustic guitar in there but definitely the first album is a is a psych album it certainly doesn't look like one it looks like some it looks like a religious album actually it looks like a christian rock album but it also looks kind of heavy metal it's kind of dark and scary looking just you know the text i think it's in gold on on black right um but so so they have that sound um they 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 become a prog band and and lots of psych bands became prog bands uh you know i i debated using as an example yes here so you've got um what the heck is it called yes i think it's just called yes right and then and then time in a word so you've got those two records they've they've got kind of really psychedelic sort of album covers and then you really get this this sort of change in the band sound to the yes album this, this album the songs get longer they become a prog band um jethro tull isn't 
in this discussion. They don't really start as a psych band. They probably more so start as a British blues band. Interestingly enough, Black Sabbath were never a psych band. Uh, even before they were Sabbath, the short-lived history before that first album, but you know they were called Earth and then Polka Tuck Blues Band, I guess, at, at one point. Essentially, though, the idea was that... Um, if, if anything, if you could call them anything before they were a heavy metal band, because they were pretty heavy in 1969. They had a lot of those songs already. Um, you could call them a British blues band. So so Sabbath and Tull um, are actually two bands that really didn't didn't start in the psych realm. But yes, 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 <laughs> um, uh, does does sort of uh, fit this discussion as well. But this Genesis sound, it's like I say, it's uh, you know what it reminds me of a little bit, a little bit of uh, very early David Bowie as well, um, and 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 frankly, um, you know, mellow Sid Barrett psych as well. Um, so you get that sort of feel as well, although not as fan. It's it's a little more, it's a little more poppy and structured. Um, you know, I, I think it's a pretty good album. Uh, it's just it it's just quite different to what Genesis very quickly became. All right, let's move on to our final selection here. And again, this is in uh, tribute to Nick Mason, Saucer Full of Secrets. Uh, take a listen to this. This is Pink Floyd. Set the controls for the heart of the sun. Breaking the darkness. Okay, so they actually played this song last night. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, those songs, I mean, some of them are, you know, you got to really be into really out there, out there, sound effects, psych, ambient music almost to enjoy long passages of what they did there. They did a lot of long things like... um, like Echoes. Well, Echoes is, is entertaining enough, but Saucer Full of Secrets as well. Um, so there was a lot, and you know, it opened with uh, with one of these days, so, you know, instrumental. Uh, but yeah, the, the neat thing, though, is what they do with that. Um, they're all so adept of get, uh, with getting these strange sounds out of uh, whether it's the guitar or even the bass of Guy, and of course, keyboards, no problem. And Nick, Nick had a gong, he had mallets. Um, so, so they definitely... Um, and like I say, it was exquisitely, exquisitely mixed. So you really, really got to to um, to hear a, a very high fidelity yet, you know, full concert volume, uh, you know, version of these things. Um, so yes, this is from a saucer full of secrets. So this is Pink Floyd's second album. It's the second album with Sid Barrett before he checks out of the band. You, you know, we all know that story. Um, so this is June 20th, 1968. So um, this, again, is right smack in the middle of the psych year. And I would say uh, you have to give Pink Floyd um, credit pretty much for inventing psych, at least overseas in the UK. Um, because the debut album, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, is a very psych album with a very psych album cover. You know, the whole double vision sort of picture of the band and Saucerful is a very psych album cover. But Piper comes out August 5th of 67. So it's coming out in the summer of 67. Now, granted, um, there is this psych scene going on in San Francisco and it's it's kind of going even earlier than that. Um, but it's a kind of psych that, you know, one, one of the guys I talked to last night put it, put it, uh, you know, nicely that it was a little more to do with country and folk and bluegrass and things like that over there. It's a little more singer songwriter ish, uh, than, than what you got out of, um, 
you know, I, I think I think there was a little more psychedelic drugs and, uh, you know, mushrooms and, and acid sort of feel, um, you know, kaleidoscopic, you know, fanciful lyrics uh, that you got out of out of English psych and, and of course, certainly Sid Barrett. So so what does Pink Floyd turn into? So the funny thing here is that they're psych on the first album, they're psych on the second album. I would say they're pretty darn psych on uh, on more. Um, you know, this is kind of a movie soundtracky album. Uh, June 13th, 69. Amagama is the big weird one with, you know, the live stuff and then the really out there material, kind of soloish material from the guys. November 7th, 69. Adam Hart Mother. Um, October 2nd, 1970. Uh, they're still psych, I think, at this point. There's even a song in there called Alan's Psychedelic Breakfast, right? Um, so the the odd thing about Pink Floyd is that they really dedicated themselves to psych. They were psych for, uh, what is that, one, two, three, four, five-ish albums or so, right? Um, so five, six, seven, yeah, that, that works out. So, so like I say, Dark Side of the Moon is the eighth album. Um, they don't really become... Uh, uh, Pink Floyd. I mean, essentially, I was going to say prog, but Pink Floyd is is quite outside of the prog experience, I find. So they don't really become, uh, you know, into the Pink Floyd sound until Obscured with Clouds and Metal, I think. Um, you know, Metal is kind of considered... Uh, you know, a real sort of blueprint for the mean, median average of uh, of Dark Side and Wish You Were Here and maybe a little animals in there with, uh, you know, it's it's quite, mel- it's very mellow. It's quite folky. Um, but, you know, it's got the super long echoes on it and stuff. So, so yeah, there are eight records before, uh, before Dark Side and, and I would say fully five of them are psych. Um, but like I say, I mean, they they get so out there and so strange with what they do. Um, it's psych, but it's uh, you can mix in ambient. You could even throw in the term kraut rock uh, for some of that stuff. But the first two with Sid, you know, God love him. I mean, he's he was celebrated greatly last night at this show. You know, everybody talked about him warmly. Um, but uh, but yeah, the first two are are quintessential and almost the you know the inventive albums of Psych. Um, so there you go. There are five bands that started as Psych and went uh, totally somewhere else. Let me know uh, you know over at our thriving Facebook page uh, who I've left out. Um, if you like the show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi Rhymes with No Fee dot com uh, slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or a pint. Uh, on that count, this week i would like to thank uh this is actually two weeks worth because long story i went down to the sea of tranquility fest um so i was away for five or six days and uh the last episode i recorded quite a few days even before i left so this is kind of two weeks worth of names here but thank you all benjamin adler joe back to bel-air expediting bruce campbell david fisher man i know some of you guys have have you know, stepped up to the plate two or three times in the last in this last two weeks. So thank you for that, David Fisher, Augustine Garcia de Paredes, uh, Steve Polari, Brian Sager, Stephen Samchuk, Scott Smith, Carlos Alberto Pompa Tovar, and Vinyl Resting Place. Thank you all. And yeah, MartinPopoff.com. Uh, the latest stuff that just came in is the Alice Cooper. Uh, you know, the breaking up of the old Alice Cooper book into trade paperbacks, Easy Action, the original Alice Cooper band, and Feed My Frankenstein. Stein, uh, Alice Cooper, The Solo Years, and uh, my Damned book where I break down every single damned song came in. If 
that book doesn't, you know, if you're not a fan now, that book will turn you into a fan. Um, I, I loved writing that book. It's it's one of the ones I'm most proud of. Uh, so that's called Lively Arts, The Damned Deconstructed. That's all at martinpopoff.com and, of course, martinpopoff.ca and uh, my art pal site for the illustrating I'm doing. Actually, actually, you know, part of the Sea of Tranquility Fest, I basically went to Washington and went around the art galleries for three days. Um, so I'm trying to get more, uh, you know, more motivated to take that up. Up to the next level and start moving away from you know drawing rock stars and stuff and uh, and getting back into art like I was in the 90s sort of thing so the, oh yeah one other thing I wanted to mention um because I because I really should be doing this right um I wanted to just go through uh you know uh, a couple of the things uh, comments on the episode of chorus first uh, I think that was the last episode yeah um and um, let's see. So I'm looking on the History in Five Songs. Let's see. Lee Jones said someone once memorable said that this kind of song arrangement is like getting to the dessert before you've even had the starter. Just wrong. CJ Socia wrote, um, uh, just popped it in my iPod. Did I say that wrong, CJ? Um, I, I know I, I, it's hard pronouncing your name. Going out for groceries soon. We'll listen on my drive. Steve Bellow says, interesting episode. I hate mentioning Bon Jovi, but you give love a bad name. Starts with an acapella chorus right away. Also might be a stretch but slick black cadillac by quiet riot same acapellic opener same within my dreams by Dawkins. yeah that's really cool steve thanks for that um let's see uh rodrigo mentions can i play with madness yeah so uh iron maiden big song there uh let's see pat benatar shadow of the night i can't picture that one in my head sweet emotion i think i might have mentioned that one um let's see what else we got here uh faster pussycat Cats Nonstop to Nowhere is another interesting example. Acapella with female vocals to start the song. Um, David Moore says, Hi from Tasmania, Australia. Cold Chisel is generally regarded as Australia's biggest band that never made it in North America. The first track on their 1982 album, Circus Animals, is You Got Nothing I Want, which explodes straight into the chorus. Lyrically, it's an angry song about a bad experience they had with their American manager on a tour preceding the recording of the album. Don writes, uh, we're going to hold on. George Jones and Tammy Wynette after the fire's gone and Louisiana woman, Mississippi man, Conway, Twitty, and Loretta Lynn. Um, let's see. Might be a very common practice in old country duets. Very nice, Don. Very cool. Um, let's see. Uh, Daryl Gromick writes, heavy tonight. Our Heaven Tonight by Malmstreet. Yeah, I can pick picture that in my head. It's not a full chorus, kind of a partial chorus, I guess, with Joe Lynn Turner singing a cappella. John Clark writes, Fat Bottom Girls and Bicycle Race. There's two for the price of one. Very cool. And, you know, I think when I posted this to one of the cheap trick sites and mentioned Dream Police and Voices, somebody mentioned that most of the songs on Dream Police apparently start just with the chorus. That that I found really cool. I didn't didn't bother to go check it out, but uh, but that's really cool. So and then I, mean, I think someone else intimated that Cheap Trick actually did that a lot. But yeah, that was I, I guess one of the bands I was semi remiss in not really going through and checking them all on. But yeah, there's some other good examples for you. Um, we'll leave it at that. Uh, thanks again for visiting for episode 172. Started as Psych. We will talk to you again next time. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNRAP. 
Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 